What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sports House. I'm your host, Matthew Anderson. I know y'all are probably thinking it's Wednesday, Matt, where you've been at. A lot been going on here, but we got another episode of obviously Matt Sports House. Got our analysts on Thomas Hemingway back another week. Thomas, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be back on. Glad to have you back on, Thomas. Really are. So Y'all, this episode, we might as well go throughout it. This episode is going from coast to coast. I don't know if y'all used to watch basketball on Friday nights back when, probably you were in elementary, middle school. But all I used to remember was Allen Iverson goes coast to coast. That's what we're doing. Tom's on that <laughs> East Coast. I'm almost on that West Coast um, in a penthouse. Just kidding, it's Airbnb. Uh, but <laughs> without further ado, welcome to the sports house. first we got to talk about this national championship that's where the better late than everything comes from because uh it is Wednesday it's giving we've given you some time to digest it for it is being what it was what it was Georgia finally gets their first national championship after I think what 41 years right Thomas yeah 41 years 41 long years for the Georgia Bulldogs and it took Nick it took Nick Saban's offense basically being disassembled in order for it to happen, uh, let me say the score. The final score was 33-14. I mean, 33-18. Thomas, what were your thoughts on the game? Um, I ain't gonna lie. I was kind of I, I was disappointed to see Georgia win. You know, being a Gamecock fan and all that, I was, you know, like you know, low key pulling for Bama in that one. Um, but I mean, I, I kind of uh, Georgia did or, or came out and did what we kind of expected them to do in the, in the SEC championship game or what we were hoping they were going to do in the SEC championship game. And they really, you know, shut down Bama's offense for the most part. Um, but, you know, I mean, obviously the big story is Bama missing, um, you know, losing Jameson Williams in the middle of the game and not having Macy before the game and all that. And just having a bunch of injuries across the board in general. Um, so I think that definitely played a big part in it. And it was impressive um, just to even see – Bama keep it that close, um, you know, being that all them guys were down. I mean, they were, you know, a couple minutes away from from winning that game. Um, you know, they had a chance on that last drive if, if Bryce Young didn't throw that pick six. So, I mean, they were right in position to, to make something happen at the end. So, you got to give uh, Bama credit for, for staying in it even, you know, with all those injuries. But, I mean, George got it done at the end of the day. And um, it is, you know, kind of cool to see Kirby uh, – Take out, you know, saving his his former head coach and, and the biggest game, you know, you can play and you can see him in. So, um, yeah, but like I said, at the end of the day, I ain't I ain't happy to see Georgia go home with that. Yeah, I got a couple of thoughts. Uh, and to your point with uh, Kirby Smart being excited, 
you could just see it in his eyes. It's like for Nick Saban, if you were to win that game, he'd be like, you know, business as usual, whatever. Kirby was out there jumping on players, just so excited. <laughs> Did you see when they caught that pick six? He, like, Kirby Smart showed you why he used to play DB at Georgia. He got up there. Yeah, he got least, What'd you say? No, I said, yeah, he got up there. At least 36 inches. At least 36 inches. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was crazy to see that. Uh, I would, my thoughts also about the Bill O'Brien, I, I was thinking, because as we know, Bill O'Brien is the offensive coordinator for Alabama. I was thinking, if Bill O'Brien beats Georgia, which has obviously, as we know, in the top defense in the country, with both of your star receivers being out, they got to give him an NFL head coaching job right away. Yeah. This game stops right now. Just go ahead and, well, obviously the game is, but it's like, go ahead and go wherever team, you know, needs him because that would just been a great performance or a great coaching job being that at the end of the game, your best receiver was your tight end, Cameron. I think his name, his last name is Latou, uh, who had five catches, 102 yards, and one touchdown. Were you kind of – we know that Alabama has great receivers, um, you know, even their backups are five stars and four stars, but were you surprised to see as big of talent gap from the starters to the next tier, guys? Um, not necessarily, um, because I mean, I, I kind of feel like that was like the, um, the story of their offense for majority of the season. I mean, I feel like it was kind of Jameson Williams, you know, Mechie, and then just like the rest of the group. Um, so, I mean, I feel like we never really had to see, uh, a, a lot of like, you know, you, you take it back to when Calvin Ridley and those guys were there. Um, you know, we saw Judy and, and, and Wilder and all them guys out there as true freshmen, um, you know, getting in the mix. So we knew what they were capable of. We knew what they were going to be capable of. They got thrown in in a situation like that. Um, so, I mean, based off the fact that we just hadn't seen much of those guys, I couldn't, I don't want to say I could tell, um, you know, what was going to happen. But I, 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 it wasn't surprising to see that they kind of struggled, um, you know, under them bright lights like that, you know, had, had a couple of drops. Um, and miscues and stuff. So it definitely wasn't uh, surprising to see that from the receiver. Gotcha. And you see that as far as Brian Robinson Jr., the running back was here, he had 22 carries. So he had a lot of touches for only 68 yards. It seemed like that Georgia front seven really came out there to prove themselves and they were playing with a higher motor. Now, as far as that Georgia offense, Stetson Bennett was said, the former walk-on who transferred to Juco to come back on scholarship, who was buried on the depth chart, but they ended up starting. Uh, Stetson Bennett went uh, 17 for 26, 224 yards and two touchdowns. One thing that I, and I've been saying this all year, the thing that's so interesting about Georgia is the fact that their receivers don't have these outstanding days. Their running backs don't go crazy. A lot of times they don't even get 100 yards a game, but they, yeah. they always, they just piece it together. James Cook has six uh, carries for 77 yards. Amir White had 13 carries for 84 yards. He had the touchdown. And uh, George Pickens, did you did you see the catch by George Pickens? No, oh, yeah. It was such a splash, right? It's like okay, George might you know I don't know how he's gonna be feeling right now coming off that tornado. And the next thing you know, you see that like, okay, he's back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, early in the game too. Yeah, so they and then Brock Brock Bowers with that huge touch. They don't build, build tight ends like that. For him to be a freshman, he looks like he's a third. He looks like he's a junior. Mm-hmm. Tight end for Georgia, so obviously a big that was a big catch for him going into that end zone. When I saw it, I was like, okay, that might be it. But <laughs> I guess as a apparently them Alabama fans have been going at those players because the cornerback. Let me see if I can get his name. Number six, 
uh, Kyrie Jackson, he made a tweet out. He's like, y'all keep that same energy next year. Hashtag Alabama fans or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, David, because you remember he was the one who the guy caught the touchdown on. Um, who was it they caught that touchdown? It was yeah. it Mitchell? Yeah. Oh, Mitchell. yeah. And it seems like it was like twice, like two catches to him on the same drive. Or was mm-hmm. that the, I think that was a pass interference. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. So, and yeah, so uh, like I said, just want to do a quick recap of that game, but crazy to see. But I will say, for all of that to have to happen, for uh, Georgia to get this win, Alabama's in good shape. Yeah. Yeah. And they're bringing a lot of people back, too. Yeah. They're bringing a lot back. Did you see that uh, third? 19, y'all, this episode ain't exactly probably as clear as all the rest of our lives because I literally hit Thomas up about 20, about what? Like 30 minutes ago, like, Thomas, we got to get an episode out. So y'all bear <laughs> with us. We'll be we'll be back on uh, next week. But did you see that Jaleel Beelingsley, the tight end that was returning kicks, number 19 for Alabama, entered the transfer portal? No, nah, I said, yeah, I saw that. I saw it was, um, you know, kind of right after the game. Just any idea what you think might have happened and why that why he decided to leave? Man, all we see, all we see is what the cameras on ESPN show us. People don't it's it's so much that goes on on them sidelines and stuff that people don't see just because I mean, you know, the broadcast is just, you know, fixated on, on the field the whole time. And you know, you know, obviously you, you got the little cutscenes here and there. Um, but I mean, but it's, it's, it's so much that goes on on them sidelines that, 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 you know, viewers don't see. So who knows? He could have had a blow up, you know, with, with a coach, had a little argument or something with a coach. And, and you know, and, and that, you know, that might have just put him over the edge or something. Yeah, because when I saw it, I was like, wait, what? Well, first of all, listen, like, I want to make sure everybody understands. His <laughs> name is Jaleel B- B- Billingsley. This guy was, because, you know, a lot of times when you say tight end at Alabama returning kicks, you probably think, oh, yeah, he returned kicks in high school because he was the best athlete. No, he returned kicks at Alabama as a <laughs> tight end. That is insane. We are really starting to see this tight end position just be freaks of nature. Like, even you think about, um, what's the guy from Florida last year? Pitts. Kyle Pitts, who, who is like, yo, this is really a whole, a whole receiver. But, you know, he plays tight end position, puts on some weight. But then he goes and runs a crazy time at the combine. It's like, no, this guy really is a receiver. Yeah. Yeah, so crazy to see that. But we'll continue to watch that storyline going into next year. I think from what I've heard, that one of the playoff games will be in at the Rose Bowl next year. And so when I was oh, on the plane no, over you're going to be trying to get to that. No, I'm going. <laughs> Pasadena, California is going to see the boy. In case y'all didn't know, the logo of this show of, you know, the Matt Sports House. I know I'll be doing all the little art things now, but the, the lo- actual logo of the show is the Rose Bowl. So um, hopefully we make it back next year and I'll be at the game. But, Thomas, we're going to keep moving. Go ahead over to the NFL. Uh, we'll start, we'll go in chronological order, right? So, and basically, y'all, we're just going to do some predictions and just kind of why we think what we think. First off on, what is it, Saturday, January 15th, I think that's 4.30 Eastern time, you got the Raiders versus the Bengals. Before we give a prediction, Thomas, what have been your thoughts on Jamar Chase this season? Man, I mean, I've been happy for him, especially after all the uh, flag he was catching in the preseason for, you know, his, his struggles he had then. Um, so it was good to see him come out and, and you know, kind of prove all the all the doubters wrong and all that. And he hit the ground running. Like, from week one, he was, you know, he, he set his home from week one. 
what kind of season he was going to have. And Ridge has been consistent, you know, from that point on. Um, so I ain't surprised to see it. You know, I, I you know, it's been my boy. I, I expected that out of him. But it was good to see him, um, you know, kind of kind of prove all the people wrong. Yeah, because like, like, like you said, there was a lot of noise heading to the season and he couldn't even catch the ball. But uh, so the Raiders, so he's got Carr. You got uh, Hunter Renfro that's making a lot of noise this season. Brian Edwards, among many others. Who you got in this game uh, between the Raiders and the Bengals? Um, I think I, I got the Bengals um, taking that one. Uh, I think the energy in, in, in that stadium is going to be crazy. Just, you know, have finally having a, a playoff game back in Cincinnati. Um, I think the last time they had one was like 2015 or 16. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been a little minute. You know, the Bengals, you know, had it down uh past couple of seasons. So, um, I know the energy in there is going to be crazy. And, you know, the Bengals got the high-powered offense. Um, got threats all, of, all across the board. Um, so, I just think that it, it, it might end up being a shootout because, you know, the Raiders got weapons too with, with um, you know, Renfro and, and, and Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, guys like that. Um, Ryan Edwards, so it could turn into a shootout. Um, and and if it goes that way, I definitely see the Bengals winning that one. Yep, both teams are ten and seven. I'm gonna pick the Bengals too because not only do I like Chase, but I'm a really big fan of the, the boy Joe Burrow. The boy <laughs> Joe Burrow has really been putting on this season. He's definitely their franchise quarterback moving forward. So we'll see what happens with that. We're gonna keep moving to the eight fifteen game that night. You got the Patriots versus the Bills. You got Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, et cetera, et cetera. Versus the New England Patriots, and you know they're, they're who they believe is their uh, will be their starting quarterback and Mac Jones moving forward. So who you got in this one? Um, man, this is tough because you get in these in, in, in you know playoff situations and when to go home situations, you don't want to bet against Belichick. Um, but I just feel like at the end of the day, the Bills are gonna have too much for him. Um, I feel like. Mac Jones in there yet as a quarterback to to be able to you know take the Patriots on a on a run throughout the playoffs. Um, he's definitely good, you know, to be where he's at for a rookie. Um, but I just don't think Belichick and him uh, really like trust him enough to to kind of give him uh, a lot more freedom, you know, in the offense. Uh, and the Bills got a real good defense, um, a real nice secondary, um, and so you can't really. Uh, I, I think the the Patriots game plan is going to go in there and kind of be conservative, try to keep the ball out of, out of uh, Josh Allen's hand. Um, so, you know, if they can do that, they definitely got a shot. But if not, if the Bills defense can, you know, keep getting them off the field, get off field on third downs, um, and the Bills can put up points on offense, then I, I definitely got the Bills taking that one. Yeah, I'm expecting Allen and Diggs to get it done. I'm expecting those two to get it done. Also, uh, who are – Poyer, are Poyer and Hyde both healthy? Yep. And um, White, not true. Trey White, uh, done for the done for the year. He got hurt early in the year. You knew I was just about to ask. <laughs> yeah, so and I'm hoping the Bills and Diggs get it done. Um, the Eagles versus the Bucks. Obviously, with all the stuff Antonio Brown has brought a lot of light to Tampa Bay. Tom Brady back in the playoffs, and Jalen Hurts is leading the Eagles in there. Uh, who you got? In this. Let me say mine first. I say one real quick, so we don't want to say I'm just copying you. Because uh, <laughs> I just thought about that, and y'all, that came in Sunday at one. I'm, I'm, ooh, hairball. I'm going book. Thomas, who you got? Uh, I, I think I, I'm going to go into books in that one, just because 
just, you know, because they got Brady at the end of the day. Um, I think Brady will know how to get it done. Um, and, and, you know, the Buzz, they got talent on defense. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like if they really lock in and do it, they can, you know, do what they're supposed to do. Um, they can lock up on defense at times. Um, but they're missing the, – the Bucks got so many injuries. Yeah. Um, you know, missing Chris Godwin for the year. Like we just said, you know, A.B. with his whole situation. Uh, Leonard Fournette out for the year. Um, I think Ronald Jones, the backup to Fournette, just went on IR. Not IR, it might have been, you know, COVID or uh, reserve with. Um, and then I know they just lost another one of their backup receivers. Oh my God. Um, I think, I, like I said, another one, I can't remember if it was an injury or was early, just, but yeah, they're dealing with a lot of injuries um, down there in Tampa, but like I said, when you got the, when you got the GOAT, um, you know, you never want to bet against him, so yeah, I, I got to go with Tampa still. Let me shamelessly plug right there, too. Man in the Arena on ESPN Plus. Make sure y'all go check that out. Those people paid the bills this summer at ESPN. <laughs> I will always shout out their content, so make sure y'all go check that out. The thought was that it was going to be kind of like the Jordan series just for Tom Brady. And I think they got a Derek Jeter one coming. So definitely mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing the captain. Um, we're going to keep moving. Got the 49ers versus the Cowboys. Is Trey Lance starting this game or is Gronk? I mean, uh, Jimmy G? Should be Jimmy G. He, he started that last game against Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was, I was, I was hot too. So frustrated. Yeah, I'm definitely going to Cal. I don't even know if I'm thinking they're gonna win the game. I and, and you know, I really like Debo for the 49ers, but I don't know if it's wishful thinking, but I will hope the Cowboys win this game. And I'm predicting them. Dak Prescott, nah, nah, I'm not gonna say Ezekiel, but definitely CD Lamb and the comp- team be able to get it done. Who you got in this one? Uh I'm gonna go with the 49ers in this one. Okay. Um Cowboys kind of been uh they struggled this year when they've been um when they've had to play teams that can run the ball real well on them uh, and keep the ball out of that, you know, dangerous offense. And, uh, and we see um, that's what the 49ers have been doing all year with, with Devo, just using him everywhere on offense, um, you know, lining him up at receiver, putting him in the backfield at running back. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that, if, you know, it, it'll obviously depend on what kind of performance Jimmy G has. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, but I – I just think as long as he doesn't play them out of the game where he's, you know, giving the ball up, you know, making bad decisions, as long as he just keeps him in the game, I feel like the rest are kind of fall into place. Um, and, and the 49ers end up uh, getting that win. 49ers to get the win and to keep it moving. All right, so last two. Uh, I feel like we should be on the same page with one of these games. I don't know about another <laughs> one. Uh, we got the still Sunday night. We have, well, there's, there are three Sunday games. Oh, wait, wait. Wait, yeah, three. Wow, that's different. Uh, <laughs> so uh, for the game, was at the eight fifteen game. We got Steelers versus Chiefs. Who you got? Oh, I said I'm going with the um with the Chiefs in that one. Uh, just because I mean, obviously the Steelers wasn't even supposed to be there in the first place. Um, you know, they barely made it in as, as is. Uh, and I just feel like they they're not um explosive enough on offense. Um, I mean, Ben is, is barely, you know, can, can push the ball down the field with, with his arm. Um, and, you know, they, they, they got the defense on the other side. Of the, well, they've had their struggles in the secondary. So I'll say they got the front seven on the other side to, to get the job done. Um, but, yeah, they definitely are, are weak in the secondary right now outside of, uh, you know, Mika Fitzpatrick and, and maybe Joe Hayden, you know, if you want to put him up there. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think, I don't think the Steelers really got a shot in this one. 
Um, I think the Chiefs don't have too much for him, especially on offense. Yeah, I was thinking that too, though, because they're going to be depending a lot on TJ Watt causing a lot of problems. And um, if Mink, like, you know, hopefully Mink can get the job done. One thing you thought you said, you said Joe Hayden, right? You just said Joe Hayden, right? Yep. I was watching, I was in the airport. I was watching the 2009, it was like the Alabama Crimson Tide like season. And it was basically narrated by Greg Malcroy. I went ahead and listened to that Greg Malcroy interview with, um, what's the guy's name? Trent Delfer. Y'all have got to listen to this on YouTube. It was great. But anyway, and so they were going through that season in the SEC, SEC championship game in 2008 when Florida won in 2009 when Alabama won. And y'all, I am going to connect the dots. And it was crazy to see Hayden back at Florida. And I remember mm-hmm. when he was, I think he was number five, right? Yeah. And, and, hey, Hayden had that swag back before everybody <laughs> even had it. Like, that boy used to be iced out with the sleeves and all that. So it was crazy to see that. And so now he's like an NFL, like a vet vet. Yeah, and it was like, that was whenever he had just gotten to. I think he got drafted to the Browns, right? Yep. Crazy to see all that time that takes, and then also just go down memory lane again. Like, dude, you talk about those teams. We're talking about. I, I don't even know if Dante. I think Dante Hightower was on the team, but Rolando McClain was the guy back then. You remember those days? Mm-hmm. Rolando McClain, Mark. That, yeah, 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 on that Bama team. Yeah. And then the, the quarterback. I think, was it John Parker? I want to say John Parker Wilson was the quarterback the year before Greg Malcroy. Before McElroy? Yeah. yeah. So. Hey, hey, good, better days, better days. <laughs> <laughs> hey, last, the last, so I'm on the same page you, Tom. We got the Chiefs winning that one. Uh, sending Big Ben into retirement. And last <laughs> but not least, I think, yeah, this is one game on a Monday. Last but not least, <sighs> the Cardinals versus the Rams. If there's ever, you know, Odell Beckham's gonna have his personal camera crew at this game because his videos be insane, the unreleased little baby music. You love to see it. <laughs> but <laughs> to the game, this game will be in LA. You got Cardinals versus Rams on Monday night in the playoffs, which is abnormal. So, like, I'm sure the rating for this game will be through the roof. Thomas uh, Ramsey, everybody should be good. Hopefully, Ramsey doesn't hit any of his teammates in this game. But if he does, that's just Ramsey. So, that's fine. Uh, Thomas, who you got? Uh, I, I got to go with the Rams in this one. Um, I feel like, honestly, man, I feel like if the Rams can just put it all together as a team, really if, if Matt Stafford can get his, you know, act together back there at quarterback and just be consistent, um, then the Rams, I feel like they're the most dangerous team in the playoff just because of, you know, all the talent they got on, on both sides of the ball. I mean, you got the best uh, defensive lineman in, in the game, um, down there on your front seven, and then you got the, the best corner in the game on the back end locking up. Um, and then, you know, Von Miller on the side of Aaron Donald, and, you know, all this they got on offense with, with Cup and, and Beckham and Van Jefferson and all the guys. So I just feel like that's the one team, if they put it all together, they, they you know, you really can go all the way with it. Um, and, and the Cardinals, they they really been down here ever since that D-hop injury. Um, which kind of that puts it in perspective and shows you how important he is as a player, um, which you usually don't see out of series um, when they go down, um, you know, that, that affects the whole team. So, um, yeah, I, they, they definitely, um, with that injury, lost a lot of their firepower on offense. Um, so, yeah, I, I got the Rams winning that one. I, I want to root for Arizona. And I think I will root for Arizona, but unfortunately, I think I will agree with you. I think the Rams get this win. I was just looking up some updates. It looks like DeAndre Hopkins will not play 
J.J. Watt's status is up in the air, but he is definitely going to try to make the return. I saw he got pulled off the IR the other day. So I wanna, I'm rooting for the Cardinals, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams get this. You bring Vaughn Miller, Odell Beckham Jr., all these other guys, and you, you bring them in for now. Mm-hmm, yeah. And wouldn't it just be the storybook finish for Odell to catch a pass in the end zone with four seconds left from Stafford and Von Miller get like a second and be like, see, this is why we brought all these guys here, you know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. That's you're exactly right. That's they brought him for the you know for the playoff push. Um, and like I said, this this really the time where you could just put it together for these what four or five extra games it's gonna be. That's that's all you really need now. It's like a whole new season, honestly. Yep, and in, the, in this game, one reason you have to love that it's going to be in, uh, in L.A. is because it's in that new stadium. So, you, yeah. it, you know, people in L.A., not everybody, but a lot of people got a lot of money. So, it's probably going to be full up. Like I said, I'm excited to see Odell Beckham Jr. in the limelight. It's like, I know he's like, this is where I belong. This is where yeah. I belong. And so, uh should be I great. think when you see him in the playoff game since that, uh, I might be tripping. Let me not say nothing too crazy. But I about to say, I feel like we ain't seen him in the playoffs since that uh, game he had in New York in, in Green Bay, where he took the little picture on the boat <laughs> with the whole receiver group, and then went to Green Bay and, and had a bad game. I, no, I think that's the last time he's been in the playoffs. That's crazy. And if you I think, think like I said, I think don't 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 quote me on that. I might be wrong. He might have slipped another one in there. But I don't think I don't think because I don't think the Browns went to the playoffs when they had him unless I'm. Tripping. Well, he was hurt last year. I don't, you know. That's what I was about to say. It's like Odell very rarely finishes a season. So yeah, yeah, you ain't lying. Even, yep. even if the team made it, we don't mm-hmm. know. About the last thing I would say, that I really would love to see that. I know that the Raiders, the Raiders game is going to be in in Cincinnati. But after watching uh, one of their games this, earlier this season in that new stadium they have in Las Vegas, it'd be great to see that game there. But Obviously, it goes to the higher seed. So, and, and mm-hmm. let me just say these records too. The Cardinals are eleven and six, and the Rams are twelve and five. So, what a divisional, a uh, great divisional matchup in the playoffs, and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, Thomas, that's all I got. You got anything else? No, I don't think so. Uh, oh, I want to know how you feel about uh, about your boy in that Rose Bowl. You mean Jackson Smith and the Jigba? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What an excellent performance <laughs> by one of the best receivers heading to college football next season. What an excellent performance. But I would be I would be crazy if I highlighted him, if I didn't highlight Marvin Harrison Jr., who had three touchdowns. I think he had five catches on the day. I think this is like his third or fourth game playing in all season. He by no means was getting a lot of production. Three touchdowns, looking like his dad out there. Oh, my God. And then Emeka Ibuka with the kickoff returns. <laughs> Julian Fleming. And so all of these guys will be our starters next year. Which CJ Stroud is back. My boy Travion Henderson is back. I was just telling the guy at work today. I said, my guy, you will see me at Ohio Stadium. And Ohio State, what part of the Ohio is that in? Columbus. Yeah, Columbus, yeah. For the matchup between the Notre Dame with Marcus Freeman versus uh, uh, Ohio State. I'm pretty sure that's the Is that week one? I'm pretty sure that's week one. Because Notre Dame, I think me and you talked about this on another episode. So if y'all heard us say it before, just listen to it again. 
Notre Dame got Clemson. They got Southern Cal and it's crazy. Uh, and then they have Notre Dame is Clemson, Southern Cal, and Ohio State. So they definitely got a a, a, a dope schedule ahead of them next season. Yeah, nah, they're gonna have to earn it this year. They're gonna have to earn it this year. But no, we're gonna be look, we're gonna be ready to go. They just you saw they just upgraded. I'm Thomas, I'm so glad you brought this topic up. You saw we just upgraded Brian Hartline from a wide receivers coach to a passing game coordinator. Yeah. Look here. If they didn't do it, look, I know Brian Hartline's number is like going off the charts right now as far as people calling him because he's just developed. He's developing great talent, yes, but also these guys are top receivers coming in. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you that I'm Thomas, you you can speak this more than me, but I'm assuming a wide receivers coach is probably very heavily involved in the passing game, correct? What you you mean as far as like game planning and stuff? Yeah, like what what would you say on that, y'all? Once again, Thomas receiver Methodist University Methodist. <laughs> so, so Thomas, give me some insight on how much you would think a wide receivers coach at a school like Ohio State would be involved in the passing game. Um, honestly, I know it's 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 different for every coaching staff. Honestly, um, it's really going to depend on the OC at the end of the day. Um, and I guess how much of that load he wants to, to you know, take a, a coming up with the, um, you know, coming up with the plays on offense and the schemes and all that. Because uh, at, at my level, at, at all school, I mean, we had all our coordinators and stuff, position coaches, but I don't think they had them classified, you know, run game coordinator, pass game coordinator right. like that, just to my knowledge at least. Maybe they did, you know, in-house, but – to my knowledge, they didn't. Um, but I mean, yeah, I would assume he he he's the guy other than the OC who had the next, you know, most amount of input, you know, on the passing game. Okay, that's that's what I was thinking too. And just as a hot take, I was debating with this with another Ohio State fan, or like, so I'm red hot for this topic. My hot take, and just me and Thomas had just told y'all a couple weeks back before it happened. It was either Quinn Hewers. Or Cal, or Cal McCoy was transferring. Sure enough, when he was transferring, so y'all might <laughs> I think Cal McCoy ends up transferring out. And this guy, Devin Brown, is coming in now. I think he's from Utah. I want to say he's from Utah. He's definitely from out west. He's in California or Utah. He was originally committed to Southern Cal. He decommitted to Canada, Ohio State. He ends up being the next starting quarterback in Ohio State after C.J. Stroud leaves. Uh-huh. I, I'm doing my research. I've been talking to my people. <laughs> and I just I, – I, he got – now, unless we go out, because shout out the black quarterbacks from Ohio State. They did like a little, I put an article up on, I think it was either Twitter or Instagram, it might have been both, and all the black quarterbacks at Ohio State. I mean, you mm-hmm. go back to what, Troy Smith, Dwayne, Troy Smith, yeah. Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields, Braxton Miller. See, they didn't think I was going to say that. Pryor. What'd you say? Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor of JT Barrett. JT Barrett, yeah. In Ohio, if a black guy don't run out and start, they're like, what are we doing? You ain't lying, yo. How's they been with the program? You ain't lying. We don't do this stuff anymore. <laughs> no, it was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not offending nobody. I'm not meaning to do that. Like, just shout out to your black quarterback. So it would be interesting to see a white quarterback out there at Iowa State because people just haven't seen it so long. Yep, yep, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so and then Devin Brown uh, lit it up at that under uh, that uh, what was that the Army Army All American game. Yeah, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, they were showing it. If y'all follow me on Twitter, I, y'all know I'm retweeting everything. Buck, I must follow so many. I, I just follow the social media people who post on Ohio State football account. So if I don't see it on the football account, I'm seeing it on the, uh, their individuals, you know, whenever they're getting their own stuff out. So 
Big year for the Buckeyes. We up next. I gotta, I gotta, no, I gotta ask you something. See, I gotta, I gotta flip it real quick. Turn to the Thomas Ford house. Nah, but man, it seems like it got crazier in that transfer portal since we first talked about it. Cause I think the only time we talked about it was, you know, when Rattler and them first got in. And it's like once the once these bowl games, once bowl season hit, it was like all hell them broke loose for real. This portal, I cannot imagine being a college football head coach right now or really assistant, whatever, when it comes to roster management. Like, how do you do this thing with like this job? They were talking about great again, Tommy. Great Thomas, great thing to bring up. Jim Harbaugh, they're saying one of the reasons he might be leaving Michigan if he decides to do something. It's like this is not the same college football. Yeah, yeah, it definitely ain't. You ain't lying. It definitely ain't. This is tiresome, like trying to hold on to guys and stuff like this. And one problem I think we're going to have, and I'm not like the old school guy, but I think we might lose a little bit to understanding of like what commitment is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, yo, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to ride it out. Hey, Johnson. Yeah, yo, I got a clip that I'm going to post right now. It says when you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person that walked in. Mm-hmm. That's what the storm is all about. Right now, in the midst of the storm, a lot of people feel like, man, I lost this. I lost that. Right. But when you come out of the storm, the perspective that you gain, right, the person that you have become, right, the happiness that you've gained, the joy, the peace that you've gained. Right. You always gain something in spite of what you consider to be a loss. And Inky talks about this. It's like sometimes you go through that storm of whatever and you come out changed by it. But it's like now you just has everybody just transferring and leaving. And then the other thing about yeah. that is, it's like what happens to the guys that don't get picked up by another school? So you enter the portal where you had the full ride and it was great. And then nobody picks you up. But on the back end of that, one thing somebody has put me on to is a lot of times these coaches are saying because of roster management, they might have to say, son, look here, you might want to enter the portal because we don't have a spot for you. And, and, and that's just one of the unfortunate things that have come about it. So that's my thoughts on the portal. Thomas, what you thinking? Man, I'm I'm just I'm the same way where like it's just like so much going on, man. I don't even know like what to think. Cause I mean, I'm definitely on the train of like players need to do what's best for them, do what's yeah. best for their families and all that. But it's like, golly, I mean, like you said, I mean, what's I don't know, man. Is I, I can't even find the words. It's just so much going on. I mean, I don't know. I feel like they're going to have to put some kind of rule on it, like a two-time limit. You can only hit the portal twice or something, or, or you can only hit it after your sophomore, junior year or something. I mean, it's like guys at a new school every season. It is literally the wild, wild. I think you brought up a very good point. They're going to have to regulate it. I don't know how they're going to do it. Because see, this thing got weird, like, and then especially with the NLI and name image like this, um, whatever, NIL, NLI, you have that on board kind of with that. So a lot of times they were saying some of these recruits are kind of talking to the head coaches. I used to would be like, um, like you used to come and be like, all right, this is what we didn't see for our program. Like, can you give me a deal? And even if like you get him for that year, who's to say he comes back the next year? Exactly. The next school could just offer him this, that. But I, I want to look at the numbers at the end and see how many guys end up not playing on a team. Yeah, for sure. Because, and yeah, I'm thinking like, you know, a lot of times these guys are at these, especially at these major programs, you're kind of like a low key, like a little hometown hero. Like, oh, yeah, yeah bro, went to Georgia. And then so for him to not be anywhere 
And that coach has no more roster spots because once you left, I had to fill your spot. I'm like, what do, like, do you go back home? See, Matt, that's that, Matt. That's the cycle right there. That's the cycle right there, this, bro, this college football thing. People go in as in high-rated recruits, don't play their first season. Like you said, they, they go in and it's he the man back home. Everybody yeah. going like, oh, he at this big school. He go, don't play, feel embarrassed. Like, dang, I was up you here know, my first year. I ain't get no burn. I got to go somewhere, get on the field quick. You know, I got all these people looking at me. And then, like you said, just get lost in the show. Man, that's, that's like the whole cycle of this. And then it makes it so hard because, like, at a school like Alabama, we I think we saw Eli. Alabama's very different. But, like, because <laughs> so, I'm going to say it's a little different. But, like, you go into the guy you've been developing through three years because you stuck to the program. You've followed the program all the way through high character. Maybe maybe not really don't matter. The question is, can you play? But then – you're about to be there. It's about to be your senior year. And then they bring in a transfer right on top of you. And yep. it's like, yo, so I've been working so hard for this opportunity. The transfer comes in, potentially might mess with the team chemistry. Look, it's the Wild Wild West. I'm trying to figure out how we're going we gonna to have a transfer portal with NCAA when it come out because I'm waiting on it. <laughs> <laughs> man, man, come on now. I told you, dude, look, don't get me started on that game now. Don't get me started on that game. Yo, so, you know, Thomas, I don't know what we're going to do with this portal. I do not know what. And they had, like, I think we said this before, too, but it's like we had already said that the college coach spends more time, tremendous more time with his uh, players and, you know, his family. But it's like now that's even on top of that. And what it also is done, too, the players have a lot of leverage now. They, yeah, you ain't lying. Yeah, you ain't lying on that. Yeah, you, you know, ain't about that. You ain't going to talk to me in the kind of way. I'll tell you right <laughs> now. Cause, Cause last time I checked, I'm here in the Boise. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. they gonna their name, image, and likeness. Okay, did you see? Uh, y'all was just having a good time. Uh, did <laughs> Did you see that the University of Southern Cal's quarterback decided to transfer out? Yeah. Um. Was it uh Dart? Yes. Yeah, Dart. Yeah, Jackson Dart. Yeah. So Thomas predicted this a long time ago. So it looks like Caleb and Caleb Williams. Oh, I did. I'm glad you said that, man. I'm glad you called. Now you hear me, right? Yeah, no, Thomas said it. I hit Thomas. I said, Thomas, what you thinking? He said, nah, definitely going to be Caleb Williams to USC. And looking like that, because apparently Caleb Williams' dad said that he's looking for the place that can potentially can help them continue to prepare for the league. We know Lincoln Riley's gotten everybody and their mama to the league as far as from that quarterback position. So crazy. So and then that is one major advantage for obviously a school like University of Southern Cal, you get a new coach and you can build that team like instantly. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get this portal, we're gonna get this running back from Taylor, we're gonna get this yeah. from LSU, and you already have some of these relationships from recruiting. Yeah, so I was about to say, and that's a good point. And so that you might start to see the leashes on them coaches start to get shorter. They might not have as much leeway as like, all right, we're going to give them, you know, six, seven years to try and get a program right. It might be like, you got about three, four years, and if you ain't got it right, you got to go. Because like you said, at this point, it's, it ain't even about recruiting no more. You, you can't really use that excuse, oh, you know, he ain't got his players yet. He got to wait on his recruiting class. I mean, at this point, it's, it's like a whole mix-up, you know, every year. No, exactly. And I really think I heard Jordan Palmer say this a long time ago. Um, he said it for quarterbacks. I'm saying it for anybody. If you're a high school kid going to school, look at where you can go to develop. 
Well, look at where you can go and develop as quickly as possible. And when you're on the visits, don't just, you know, obviously you ask for uniforms and pictures and social media, but really see like who will give you a chance to develop, whether it's playing time or uh, just develop as far as a player, maybe on the practice squad, maybe you need to rest or whatever, because if you can get developed, you can transfer anywhere you want. And literally yeah. there's money on the line. Like name, image, you like, there's money on yeah. the line. So, did you see that uh, tweet that uh, I was one of the, I think it was a high school college coach. Here's like, there are how many freshmen playing this national championship game? Y'all better get into that weight room. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be the situation. There's going to be a lot more freshmen coming in and playing from day one because it, it, it ain't going to be too many juniors and seniors, you know, left because everybody's going to be transferring. Yeah. And also, we have to give a shout out to Channing Tindall. You've seen him out yep. there. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I was talking to Ray Kwan about this. I think he comes out this year. I don't think if he, I don't know if he's declared for the draft or whatnot. You think he can go on the second day if he does come out, being the second or third rounder? Um, yeah, I think he can because the what you know the way the league headed these days is all about speed. Um, I don't know. Say, see, second day might be a stretch, just because I think I think I don't know. I think he might be a little undersized if I can if I can remember right. Let's see him. I don't know, but I, I just regardless, I know he he can he can definitely make his way in the league just because of that uh, of that speed and how he can play sideline to sideline. That's you know, the, how, you know the direction the league is heading in. And did you see? The, I, I don't know if you seen. God, y'all next week next year we going to YouTube because there's so many times <laughs> I wanted to like tell y'all a clip. Men Thomas was talking about it. Y'all got to Google it. Did you see that clip on Twitter where Nicole, it's like he took a false step. He got in a Kobe Dean's way and uh, and the Kobe ended up, I guess, knocking the ball down or the tight end of not catching the ball for Bama. Mm -hmm. And he lit into, uh, he lit into Chandy and, Ch and Chandy didn't even like trip about it. He's just like, okay, bro, I got you. Yeah. And, like, and the caption was championship accountability. And it's like, that wasn't Kirby Smart over there. That wasn't the defensive coordinator who was heading to, where is he in Oregon? Uh, the Georgia defensive well, I coordinator. Can't, I can't even remember right now. Dan you covered all of them. I can't even remember. Dan Lanning. Yeah, he's heading to Oregon. No, I said, I, no, I was just saying, yeah, Oregon. Yeah, Dan Landing, but he he didn't have to rip into him like that. You love to see that. And it's also, you know, iron sharpening iron, where it's like one player is like, yo, bro, you can't do that. And he doesn't get into a fist fight. Well, he just said, bro, I got you. And then you see him go chase down, what is that? Go chase down Bryce Jones and make the tackle. And the last thing I'm going to say, because we were definitely over time. Uh, <laughs> that the speed is so funny. We have literally went from college football <laughs> to the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> right on back. All the way back home. <laughs> but the speed of that Georgia front seven, those guys were chasing down Alabama backs. They were chasing down Bryce Young, who usually kind of scrambles and for the most part gets away. What a front seven. They'll probably go up there. Well, good a team. You've even seen our guy Darion Kendrick. Darion yeah, Kendrick yeah, had, a, had a good game. Some of them times the safety helped them with some of those. I mean, we ain't gonna say too much about it, but uh <laughs> I, I also, and I'm sure we'll continue as we see as the season goes along. Well, not the season, but the uh, the pre-draft process to see how much did this year at Georgia help his stock, or was he already going to be a highly uh, tied guy? Yeah, I, I I think I ain't gonna lie. I, I don't think it really. I don't know. Really, once 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 well, I mean, draft season really is about here now. 
So once once we really able to go in and and like really dissect that film, because I mean we were on the defense as as good as Georgia's was this year. Everybody looked good. So yeah. once we can really go in and and you know break down a little minor details of it, that's when I think um, we'll start to see you know whether his stock went up or down. Cause you know how you know how it is come draft season. People be riding high coming into draft season. By the time that draft comes, you go from a top ten pick to mid third round pick once that field really get you know start getting broke down. So hey, at the end of at the by the time it's over, you know what? He might just have to go and draft. <laughs> he just landed. I watched, I watched the film. It ain't looking too good. Oh, and by the way, I just looked up Channing. Channing is two, two, two. Okay, now the sites say he's six two two thirty. So we don't. Oh, no, nah, he's good. Nah, he's yeah. good. Yeah, he's straight. As long as that's true, you know. These sometimes these football coaches, they just you know. We'll see. We'll see at the combine. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. That's what we'll know. All right, Thomas. Well, we've had a, this is another great edition of Matt Sports House slash Thomas Sports House. So we, <laughs> we keep them coming, Thomas. I'm probably gonna bring you back on in two weeks. Uh, I was talking to Ray Quan. I'm probably gonna have him on next week, but we'll have Thomas on the breakdown of the NFL. It's so funny because it's like I mean, after the Super, it used to be done with after national championship. Then we start going to NFL playoff. By that time, it's about time for the combine. Yep, combine is draft season. Yep. Hey, we keep this thing going 365 days <laughs> a year. Thomas, it's been great having you on. Guys, we will see y'all next time. Thomas, real quick, what was your favorite song off the Gunners album? Did you listen to Gun Album? Oh, yeah, for sure. What's the best um, song on it? My favorite? Uh, yeah, yours. Uh, oh, that's tough. It, it, might, it might have to. It's probably that one with. Uh, Probably that one with G Herbal. I can't I can't say the title on, on the podcast, but you know. <laughs> no mature was, title, but, but that song with G Herbal. I was just about to say it's gonna be the outro, but let me listen to it again. But that, <laughs> that's yeah, it's, it's on yeah, it's on 13 on it. Okay, gotcha. I got but it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's probably the one I'm, I'm rocking with right now. <laughs> I just looked at the title. That's yeah. we'll see y'all next time, please. <laughs> Turbo.